Hello there. Welcome to the 50 Women Over 50 podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey. On this show, I highlight women who have broken barriers, challenged the status quo, or have simply lived remarkable lives beyond the age of 50. From pioneering entrepreneurs to passionate activists, artists, educators, and more, I hope to inspire listeners to embrace the wisdom and the vitality of women who have experienced more of life. Get ready to be inspired, informed, and empowered as together we extol the lives of 50 exceptional women over 50. Today, I'm welcoming to the show publisher Nancy Erickson, owner of Stonebrook Publishing and an award-winning book coach. At age 50, Nancy left a bad marriage, got sober, and walked away from a promising career at Oracle, the world's third largest software company. Now at 65, she says she's in the prime of her life. Listen in to learn how she made this transformation and what she learned along the way. Tell me all about your 50th birthday. Well, my 50th birthday wasn't really a very happy one. It wasn't because I was turning 50. But it was happy and unhappy. It's because I was leaving a terrible marriage when I was 50. And it was good that I was on my birthday that I was alone, but I had a lot of, there was like all this unknown gray area out before me because it was, it was not a good relationship and it was not healthy for me. So I sort of snuck out in the middle of the night <laughs> and got me. away from this man. And, but it opened up, that was the best decision that I could have made in my life. Because I started my business, it took me in a whole different area to start my business from that point forward. But that day was not, I, that day I just felt like, oh, I'm 50. Now, I guess that's what this feels like. And so, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't monumental, but I had done something monumental just a few days before that. Yeah. So was hitting that whole 50 milestone, like, did that contribute to your decision that I got to cut bait now? I got to make a change? I don't know. It, it's interesting that it, it, I don't, I don't really think it had anything to do with turning 50. I think it had everything to do with having had enough of okay. a, a very, not very nice person. So, right. uh, but it was, it was scary because mm -hmm. at that time I thought 50 was old. Yes. <laughs> turning 65 this month, I don't think 50 sounds so old. And I can look at that in retrospect. And it was kind of, it's a little bit of a hard decade for me because I was starting over, but I didn't yeah. know what, and I didn't know what I was stepping into. Yeah. But as it turned out, it was, it's just been so wonderful. Everything from 50 on has been really amazing in my life. This is one of the things that I've been learning through this process, these interviews, is that everyone's surprised about how 50, you know, their 50s are more about opportunity than they are about the, the end of something. And like you, like I, it wasn't a marriage for me. I, I'm lucky I, I'm, I'm happily married, but I was in a job that I hated. Yeah. yeah. And I'm in the PR business, so that's a young person's business. And I was, oh. I wanted to quit that job, but I thought, oh, if I quit, I'm so old. Who's going to hire me? What's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. So I stayed in another three or four years after that, hating every single minute of it. That's and a terrible way to live, too. Lo so. and behold, I walk out of the job and opportunity just opened up. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, why did I stay so long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree with you that that's such a great decade for opportunity because 
you're usually in really good health because 50 isn't like what 50 was with my grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. People have been eating well and working out and exercising and keeping their brain sharp and women are working and, and we can provide for ourselves. And also it is a great decade for opportunity. Yeah. Or we have a lot of reinvention points in our life as women. And mm-hmm. when, when you go through the empty nest transition, there's a lot of opportunity there. Now I was young, my kids, both of my kids were away at college when I was, by the time I was 44. Mm-hmm. So I'd had a few years where I could kind of figure out who am I as a person on my own without mothering others. And But I found that turning 50, where I thought it was going to be maybe a gloom and doom thing, turned out to be like like I opened the door and I was in awe. Everything was like bright colors and all sorts of new things, new people, new opportunities coming my way. Such a happy story. So you were just turned 50, left a bad marriage and decided to go into business. Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, I had been, my original career had been with high tech. I was a systems engineer with IBM and I worked at Oracle corporations. And so anyway, I wanted to kind of like you, I made a change and I wanted to go into publishing. So I, I, I went back to school when I was 48 and got a master's degree. I graduated when I was 50 and, and then I started my publishing house, Stonebrook Publishing. We published nonfiction books. And then shortly after that, I started another book-related business called The Book Professor, where we help people write what we call high-impact nonfiction books. But it was that decade just was a new decade of growth. And women have so much, they have so much to offer at different points of in our lives. I mean, I think that women maybe need to calm down a little bit during their childbearing years and maybe focus on family and jobs and and all, but we have so many years after that to be really productive, creative. You kind of get to a point where you don't really care what other people are thinking or saying about you. Right. And there's a free, it's a new freedom. It really is a new freedom. It certainly is. So you started your publishing business. Yes. So what did that look like? Is it bricks and mortar business or a virtual business? Well, it's never been bricks and mortar. I mean, I have a staff, but they're all, we've always worked remotely. It's they're, they're scattered throughout the country. I mean, we've got editors and designers and proofreaders and layout artists and all those kind of things. I went from high tech to publishing. And so in between there, I mentioned I went back to school and I got a master's degree in writing. And so that's all I ever wanted to do anyway. So anyway, the first book we published was written by a Holocaust survivor who'd gone to school with Anne Frank. Okay. And we ended up doing the book release at their school in Amsterdam. And so that was just an amazing experience. And then shortly after that, we published another book and I do strictly nonfiction. We published another book and we got back cover endorsements for that book from Sir Paul McCartney and Cindy Crawford. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I guess I know what I'm doing because things are going well, but there was a problem. And it was that we were getting so many manuscripts that had the seed of what we were looking for, which was material that would either change lives or save lives or transform society but they were so 
poorly written that we couldn't do anything with them. We couldn't edit our way out of these manuscripts. And I was like, we have a lot of problems in our world and it's hard to even name them anymore, much less solve them. Yeah. But I really believe that the answers are trapped inside people like you and that when you simply tell your story and what you've discovered, what you've been through, what you've overcome, what you've developed, that you become the source of two things that people can't live without. And those two things are hope and help. And all of our books are intended to offer that to the reader in whatever the area of expertise that the author is in. And so a lot of them are business books, but there's another type of book that I'm particularly fond of that we do. And I call them overcomer books. It's a, stories about how people have overcome things and come out on the other side. And they just kind of want to reach back and give others a helping hand. And so it just, we were getting all these manuscripts that kind of, like I said, had a seed of it in there, but they were too poorly written to publish. Right. So I took a step back and I didn't publish anything for a year. And during that year, I wrote this step-by-step-by-step-by-step process to take everyday people just from their idea all the way through to having a finished professionally produced book on the market. So flashback to when I turned 50 and I'm leaving this husband who, by the way, the final straw was when the FBI came and raided for child pornography. Oh my God. It's kind of, I wasn't glad for that, but I was really glad I could finally get away from this guy. So go from that to where I'm in this like little real house and I'm in the middle of school because I'm making a transition and not, I don't know what's coming. I don't have any idea what's ahead in my life at all. And I didn't know that when you're in a troubled kind of situation that you can you can walk out of it into something better and just getting up every day and showing up. I think about 90% of life is showing up and just walking day by day out of that situation. God brings you opportunities. I mean, and just when you just follow the things that you're interested in, it it's amazing where it can lead. I mean, I had, we've published tons of books and I have all these relationships with all these fabulous clients and authors. I am married again to an absolutely wonderful man. I had I can't think of anybody that I respect or like more than him. Mm-hmm. And when I felt such despair at 50, now at 65, I just feel like I'm in the prime of my life. Really? That's excellent. Because a lot of people are thinking about retiring at 65. Yeah, you could think about that if you wanted to, but I don't know what I do. But I, I, but I have it worked out though too. I used to work like all the time. I only work three days a week, and my staff okay. is trained enough to pick up. It just runs now. So okay. And where do you sell your books? Well, their books are sold wherever books are sold in, okay. in Amazon and Barnes and Noble, etc. We're a, a full service publishing house. Okay. And so wherever you get any other books, you'll find okay. Okay. the books we publish as well. And is it in Canada as well as the US or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Good to know. It's amazon.ca for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. It sure is. What advice would you give your 30 year old self? 
I, I think it would be to just enjoy those years without trying to think I had to set the world on fire. What you don't realize at 30, and I think this might be particularly true for women because my gosh, we are so capable. We're smart. We graduated at the top of our classes. We have careers and we have kids. And I see so many women in that age group who are so stressed out by trying to do everything in their childbearing mm -hmm. years. And trust me, I've got daughters and especially my youngest daughter. She's a physician and she's running this huge medical complex in Nashville and has four kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you ever get to sleep at night? But I think I, and she's very capable. Women are so capable. Mm, indeed. But I think that for me, I, I was trying to do, I was, my mind was trying to take me into the future and my, it wasn't time for that yet. Yeah. So I think I would just kind of say, chillax a little bit. And those cute little kids are going to make you a grandmother someday. And you're going to wonder where your own babies went. <laughs> so. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I totally hear you on this. You're just, you spend your thirties and well, for me, it was my twenties and thirties. So it was just, just always trying to achieve, right? Like just trying, trying to prove like, yourself. Yeah. Hey, I'm this modern woman yes. and I just try to prove that we're smart. Well, people already know you're intelligent and capable and it's just, it's, and I think men go through the same kind of thing, trying to, we're all trying to put our stake in the ground, but it, it, it I don't know. It's, I just think it doesn't have to be so frenetic. I think you can enjoy life a little you bit. You don't really understand the concept of taking your time mm -hmm. when you're young. <laughs> it's something that you learn with experience, but take yeah. your time. Yeah. What are you doing for fun then? You're only working three days a week. What are you doing the other two? Well, I do a lot of gardening this time of year. We have a new puppy. That's a lot of fun. I have six mm -hmm. grandchildren. None of them live in town, but uh, four of them are a five-hour drive from me. So I get on the road quite a bit. Okay. My other ones are in Seattle, so it's a long flight, but yeah. I and I read a lot. So. <laughs> well, I bet you do. Yeah. And also my mom is lives about a mile from us and she's 90 and I spend a lot of time with her. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. And where do you see yourself in 10 years? That's a really good question. So in 10 years, I'll be 75. I hope I'm still doing what I'm doing at least a couple of days a week because I love it. I just would like to continue to use my gifts in this way because it really is making an impact on other people's lives. Yes, yes. Well, I agree with you. I think that everybody has a story that they want to tell. I have like... I work in PR and, and our job is about telling stories, but doing this podcast has really taught me how everyone has their own journey. Everyone has a powerful story to tell. Mm -hmm. And I made the commitment to do 50 interviews. And I mean, I could probably do 200 interviews. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. but I mean, there's just a lot of women of our age have a lot to say and have a story to tell. And and, and we I, also have a lot of confidence at this age. It's like, I'm not, I'm done trying to prove anything to anybody and I'm really good with myself. And so it's just a lot, you just have a lot more to offer. I think the memoir, writing your memoirs is a big trend right now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but, but we don't exactly do them as memoirs. We do it more in, we organize it in a fashion that it would be something that's really helpful to other people. And yeah. yeah. 
but and but any book that we do, whether it's a business book or any other type of nonfiction book, your story is so central to your message. And we make sure that the reader really gets close to you through right. their writing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that sadly that reading is becoming a bit of a lost art with the audiobooks and the the Netflix binging and, and stuff yeah. like that. But Which, what's interesting is the trend has changed a little bit mm-hmm. too, Sherry Lynn, because for about 10 years ago when ebooks came out, those were just like popping everywhere and everybody's thinking, oh, we'll never print books again. That's reversed itself. Right. And now more people are wanting that tactile experience of holding, smelling, reading words on a page. Mm-hmm. And of course, audiobooks are, are highly consumed as well. Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm an audiobook person. I mean, I listen, I don't ever read nonfiction because I work with it all the time. Yes. So I have over 300 books in my Audible app. And I listen to that are fiction. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I just consume it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same as you. Like I do, I, my business is about words and, and, and yeah. text and stuff. When I'm on vacation, it's a novel, a work yeah. of art, something yes. that uh, a human story. It's not, I don't know how to build a better mousetrap or anything. Right. Yeah. I don't want to read anything businessy in my leisure time. That's for sure. What are you most hopeful about for the future? I'm really hopeful that a lot of people will let their message come out of them because I think that's what our world needs. And you guys, it's really weird out there right now. It's really weird out there. And I think that the more people who express themselves that the more people will be helped. And so that's what, what we're really here to do. I have a lot of hope for the future. I also think that people on our planet and all are really resilient and that we figure things out. We figure it out. I don't have any reason to panic about anything. And I, I would, I would hope that we would start being just a little bit kinder to each other as well. Yes. Well, I mean, this thing about human resilience, I totally agree with you about that. The kindness, though, uh, it's a choice, right? People choose to be kind. People are born kind. So we have to choose it and we have to teach it so that people know to choose it and learn how to do it. What's weird, Sherry Lynn, is that I think people are mainly kind. And of course, by by this stage of life, that's the kind of people you surround yourself with. Yeah. Where we seem unkind, where I think we're kind people present as unkind is in these social media yes. shouting matches. And yeah. and I I don't know, I stopped engaging in any of that years ago. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's my business. I, I'm in it every day. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On to the quick round. What are you reading, watching, binging? Well, I'm reading audiobook, listening to this incredible, fun book. It's called The Maid. And I don't remember the name of the author, but it is really clever. It's kind of a little whodunit thing, but it is. I read it. I you, loved it. I loved it. Oh, yeah, I did. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. I'm having so much fun with it. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name of the author yet. I will look it up and put it in the show notes. But I've read a few of hers. And uh, prose, yes, Nita, yes. Nita prose, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's a great story, actually. It is a fun story. And are you working with any charities or doing any good causes or filling your time and giving yeah, back? I work, we work with a, I work with a lot of people who are in drug and alcohol recovery. I'm a recovered alcoholic and right. have been sober for 17 years. Oh, very good. Congratulations. So I spend a lot of my time with women who are, are just coming in and trying to get clean and sober. Yes. Okay. You should listen to my episode 25. Okay. Where I uh, interviewed Carrie Diffin, who is my sister, about her life of sobriety and how it's transformed her life. And then and she she is very committed to yeah. her recovery group. And she, much like you, she worked. Yeah. Well, she's saying in the interview that she used to work in the front lines with new members. You're never going to run out of candidates. <laughs> I know, but you also want to give away what somebody gave to you. And yes. there was a lot of, a lot of handholding with me when I first, and that was all during the time when I was leaving that man. It was like, yes, that's, 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 so anyway, a lot was going on when I was 50. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you figured it all out though. Good for you. Is there an app you couldn't live without? I think it's audible. I, I'm pretty much playing stuff when I'm out in the garden and walking the dog and that kind of thing. So I am, my, my addiction to books is, alive and well and podcasts also available on audible yeah yeah i forgot about that is there an over 50s life hack that you can share with us yeah i think so i think it's really important to take care of you and by that i i mean i'm thinking specifically just about your bodies you have got to keep moving you have got to keep strengthening yourself you have to fuel yourself with good food and healthy supplements and all we have the opportunity to live for a very 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 long time but it's not going to be enjoyable if your body doesn't work Mm -hmm. so the older you get the more just maintenance there is you got to go to the dermatologist every year it's not just your well woman stuff anymore it's like taking care of your skin and 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 making sure you're hydrated and all so yes and it takes more and more time every year just to take care of myself but and I don't like that but I think the day that I stop doing it I'm going to start deteriorating so yeah it's funny you mentioned I I was at the doctor's just today first time first time I've seen my doctor in person since before the pandemic and I was telling her about these postmenopausal pounds and how they're creeping on, and I hate it. And I was hoping she'd give me some of that Oz- Ozempic. Ozempic. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know. She's There's she's the like stars I'll take to get skinny. Yeah. She was like, "You're not anywhere close to that territory." But she said, "I'll tell you what. I'll I'll write you a prescription." Her prescription was to go for a thirty minute walk after every meal. And. <laughs> Well, that would do it. Yeah. And that's an hour and a half of exercise a day. So, or get a dog who demands it. (laughs) That's a good ploy. That's a good ploy. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you'd like to share? Well, I just like to say that if it, if writing a book has piqued anyone's interest, we do these in group masterminds and groups of about five people who we're all doing it together. We start together and you end together. And so if, if we're forming groups right now, but if you, if that interests you, you can go to my website. It's thebookprofessor.com 
And across the top navigation, there's a link that says schedule a call with Nancy. And okay. I just like to talk to people about their book ideas. I mean, a lot of times people just will say, well, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And I, I love having those kind of conversations, but I'd love to pull you into one of our groups so that you can become a published author yourself. Well, I think that's, I, I know, I know. I, I feel like this is a bucket list item for a lot of people. That yeah, have, uh, especially this, we've got a few miles on us and a lot of experience and wisdom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for spending some time with me today. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Sherry Lynn. Thank you so much. This has been 50 Women Over 50, a podcast for women whose personal confidence is born of experience. And thank you to my guest, the book professor, Nancy Erickson, who turned her life around at 50 by leaving her marriage, earning a master's degree, and starting a new career in publishing. I loved her optimistic view of the future where each of us offers hope and help to others by simply telling our own stories about what we've discovered in life. It's exactly what I'm trying to do with this podcast. Join me again next week when my guest will be decorated endurance athlete, Susan Gold, who is the author of Toxic Family, Transforming Childhood Trauma into Adult Freedom. That's next week. But in the meantime, please drop me a rating or review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. Let's connect. Let's create a whole community of wise women over 50 by sharing a link to this show with your friends and connections. See you next time on 50 Women Over 50. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey.